Hey, Steven, we got to figure out an intro to the podcast. That works. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of the No Fluff MSP Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Taher Hamed, and today I've got a special guest on, George Bardisi. George, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You know, we always love to uh, talk to people in the sandbox. Uh, you know, it is a small one. Don't let anybody yeah. tell you otherwise. It's definitely a small one. You know, as an MSP, we know so many MSPs. And at now, as also a channel company, it's like, it seems like all of the channel companies know each other. And I'm, I'm like kind of the new guy. I'm like, hey, guys. You know, but uh, that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you because you've just been so like, gracious and you know i had a question i linkedin message you and you're like hey let's jump on a call you spent like an hour and a half with me just giving me the ins and outs of how to do conferences and like i don't know man that that is like just it means a lot to me and it just shows your your value first you're just you really are a go-giver type mentality and and you know that's just a really i don't know i just think that's cool and i appreciate it no hey um i'll be honest with you um I'm one of those guys that had to like really get burned on the oven three times in a row before I decided to go ask for help. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like one of those stubborn Northeast, you know, kind of things. Um, I really, really, really wish that earlier on in my journey, uh, number one, I even asked for help, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, but be somebody willing to offer that help. And it would have really caused a lot less pain earlier on yeah uh, i'm a lot more willing to do that these days and quite frankly i rather somebody not go through the same drag it out trench warfare you know everything's hurts until you get to a good place scenario yeah. not saying people aren't capable it's just it's a longer harder path yeah so yeah i i kind of did what i didn't get on the other side which is pay forward um yeah. You know, you don't know what you don't know till you know. Yeah. So we tell people what we know. And, yeah. you know, if that if that works and it's good, we hope it works and it's good. It's definitely worked. Um, I'm not saying you scared me away because eventually we're going to do conferences, but I've reallocated the budget into ads. And my cost of acquisition right now used to be like 200 bucks. And I've just spent more time. So I'm like, no, nah, why don't I try and get this right now? It's down to $44 per new member, which is awesome. So now I'm like, God, I don't need to do conferences for a while. So, you know, that one tip really did like steer me in a good direction. So anyway, lo long intro. I just want to say thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for the great tips. You you truly are kind of a, a you know, a, a helpful person. So I, I really wanted to get you on the podcast and you know, I want to get into what you're doing. But for the listeners, it's like George is a great example of like I had never heard of of BVoIP that I know of. And now I can't stop hearing about it. Right. Like when you have the right engine in place and you're in enough of the places, like the minute you get into someone's mind space, you're everywhere. Like it just seems to happen that way because now it's like George is everywhere. Like, he, you know, yeah, now now we're Facebook connections, we're LinkedIn connections. I see all of his events. I didn't even know MSP initiatives was his, but now I do. Like, you know, it's like all the pieces start to connect and George does this great and so this is why, while this is to learn about George and Bevoip and everything he's doing, it's also to to get into the mind of a marketer. Because 
George, you might be humble, but you're definitely a marketer for sure. I mean, I never, I never got any formal professional training on marketing. I promise you. Um, If you say I'm a marketer, I'll take your word for it. Uh, I'm just somebody that, you know, got into the sandbox, started to understand how it works and then realized that some of the way that it works was not good. And like, (laughs) Some of the way the infrastructure in the sandbox is built, it was designed not for the bootstrap startup company, which is a shame because that's the growth of the whole industry, right? Like you can't stop creating new things that weren't technology. Isn't that the whole point? And um, yeah, the, the construct was not conducive to guys like you, guys like me. I've never taken outside money. I never borrowed or brought an outside VC or PE or even bank debt, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I just worked really hard, (laughs) you know, and just kept at it. And like eventually needed to get a little bit more strategic about where to spend that time. But um, yeah, I mean, the marketing thing, you know, I don't care who you listen to. And there's a lot of really smart people who are very educated in this topic. it's all intertwined marketing yeah. sales promotion pr you can put a lot of different terms here but like it's all part of the same movement yeah and you got to be creative like the yeah. regular stamp and repeat stuff like i feel like that's why not to cross into your lane i feel like no. that's why every msp that's ever hired an outside marketing company who just got the same stuff as everybody else mm-hmm. And it's the same copy and it's the same message and it's the same, you know, repeat. And it's like, I'm no different than any other person you Google in my area at any time. And like, why would somebody call me versus the, I don't know, and other people in the whatever 20 mile radius for me. Yep. And then you drop a lot of money, like thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. And then you look back and you're like, this did nothing for me. Why did yep. I do this? Yep. And like, there's that bad taste everybody has. And then when this topic comes up and like, yep. to be honest with you, all the frustration you feel when this talk about this is it's real. It's true. Um, Again, yeah. I don't, I never viewed myself as a marketer. I, I guess I could do good things. If you're telling me, I, I, you know, from your, I'll take your, your very uh, clear word on it uh, and take, take, uh, take it up. But you know, you need to be creative. You need to put yeah. a lot of personality into this. You need yeah. to be willing to go outside of the normal highway traffic. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. And like, here's an example of how I, I, I know you're a marketer. I went to a, a conference that I was speaking at. I forget, I think it was exchange event. I don't remember, but you know, we got a bunch, I got a bunch of emails from all the people that were going, you know, it's like, hey, come to my booth, you know, and like, you know, whatever, the same stuff everybody does. And then I got an email from George Bardisi, and it was the only one that had a little video. It just took that little bit of extra effort of you just taking, it was like a 30-second video. You're like, hey, going to this event, hope to see you there. I don't know, give me a tip or something, right? No, it's like, I, was, yeah, I was just like, hey, you know, number one, safe travels into wherever it was, right? I think it was like Orlando or something. I was like, safe travels into Orlando. I'm going to the same place you are, yeah. you know, hope to grab a beer. If not, yeah. you know, I'm going to be around. We'll love to chat. Otherwise, you know, see you on the other side. And I was like, yeah. something simple like that. Yeah, Man, like 
had like a 90% open rate on oh, it. Oh, for sure it did. <laughs> right. But in and and you're like, yeah, I'm a I'm a dude. I'm not just B-boy, I'm a dude. And I would like to, you know, grab a beer with you too. And it's like that little change didn't take any additional effort than the marketing coordinator scheduling on an email for everybody else, but it was a little bit different. And that's one thing I've always said is like it doesn't take much to be more than most. It really doesn't. Like you do a little bit extra and you're standing out. Um, it's true. It's and true. It, it really is. I mean, it's and it's like now you got a community, right? And that's kind of why I do want to kind of hear your story, right? Like how did you get kind of started? Because this is also partly an entrepreneurial podcast <laughs> yeah. just because I love, I love the grind so much and appreciate the grind. So like, how did you get started? And then how did you get into BVOIP? And then now a new thing, you know, where, where do yeah, you keep- I, tr I try and make it a little concise because okay. it is a kind of long story, but um, uh, I started when I was real young. Like I naturally taught myself a lot of the stuff that I know. I know a lot of people in IT have done that. And like, when you really love something and you're really like into it, you're gonna stop, not stop until you know what you wanna know. Um, yeah. I think that's the case about most things in life, but I digress. Um, so I was, um, born and raised here in Philadelphia, uh, Philly Metro. Uh, my parents immigrated into the country. Um, uh, they were the minority you know, from the country that they came from, uh, you know, and Christian and, uh, they came to the U S you know, followed their family over here. Uh, they sent, you know, they scraped enough, enough money to send me and my brother to Catholic school, <laughs> you know, cause they're like, Oh, we think you'll feel be safer and maybe not do drugs or something. <laughs> and, uh, I yeah, went to went to Catholic grade school, K through eight, and then like came time to go to uh, to uh, high school. And they're like, yeah, you can go to public high school now. <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, all that time. And now I'm going to go over here and like the Catholic high school's down the street. So they're like, well, if you want to go there, you can go get a job, pay for your own tuition. I was like, am I allowed to work at this age? They're like, well, if you want to work, we'll find you work. I was like, oh, OK. So I did. Nice. I uh, was working under the table, five bucks an hour. I was working like 88 hours a week or something crazy. Uh, which is totally not right, but that's fine. I did what I had to do. I made like enough money to pay for my <clears throat> high school tuition and like, you know, uniform and books. And so I roll into freshman year in high school and um, had like a couple hundred dollars left over to like buy a junk laptop off of like eBay or something. And I don't know how I went to Catholic school for nine years at that point, K through eight and had bad handwriting. Cause like, that's part of the thing, right? Like, but okay, I did. Uh, so I was like, oh, I want to take notes faster type. Um, so I'm in the cafeteria one day of my high school and I'm like, how come I can't get on the internet in this place? What's going on? And so I rolled into my high school on a weekend when I knew things were like open because there were things happening. And like I ran an access point and like, uh, you know, into the cafeteria and the drop ceiling and you know, like ran the wire down the hallway, plugged it in. And so I guess some janitor saw me walking out of the place with a ladder. <laughs> next, next day I roll in, the principal's like, so... You got two doors. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, well, we caught you. I'm like, I still have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, two doors. You can get expelled and you can go to public school. I was like, and he's like, or you can wire the rest of the place. Which one? <laughs> I was like, that's I'll awesome. take number two. Yeah. So that's how I started, you know, and I like kind of cool. got into it. And then like fast forward, uh, the school was like doing a pilot program with my grade level where they were going to like remove textbooks. Every student's family was going to buy them a laptop and like the smart boards and the the online stuff and like principal for some reason was responsible for this project and this guy is an educator he doesn't know technology so i'm in his office one day with an afro yeah i know it's hard to vision but it's, it's there <laughs> i don't know i can I'm picture like, it pretty I, easily for some reason and i'm like 
you are you reading another language? What's wrong with you? And he's like, I don't know this technology garbage. And I'm like, let me see that. And I was like, oh, dude, you're getting ripped off. That's like five times more than what it's worth. He's like, how do you know? I'm like, I'm telling you, I know. This is like highway robbery. He's like, well, I can't hire you. That's against school policy. I was like, what happened with the whole wiring thing? Okay, whatever. So I go home. I like had my mom take me to like the main street attorney. I, you know, L, you know incorporated, went back next day. I'm like, I'm a company. Nice. Like, Give me a bid. I gave him a bid. I won. That oh my, my first, God. That was my so first epic. deal as, a, as an IT company. <laughs> and then like, awesome. he made a class for like me and a bunch of other kids I recruited out of the grade. And like, they bolted it into like a lunch period. And then we became tech support for the, all the laptops you know, oh, for the kids cool. in that grade level and our grade level. It's a little bit of a manufactured class, but that's fine. And then like all the other high schools in, in this, in the, you know, Catholic school system were like coming into this school as the pilot trying to see like, all right, we want to do what you did. Cool. And like, I started to like pick up these schools. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> and that's how I started my IT company, but like right place, right time, right attitude. Right. And like, right attitude's a big part of it for sure. Yeah, it's definitely taking early days off early to go over to the other places to do this. But like at the end of the day, like it worked. By the time I went to college, I had a whole business running, I had people working for me, like it was a thing. And like, nice. that's how I got started. Dude, that's for awesome. B-Voy, fast forward a few years, right? Where we were like picking up flat rate IT before they called it MSP. And um, man, well, I love haggling with people. I love negotiating with people, but like, at the end of the day, when you had all these customers, like, were you making money? Or are you working for free? Mm. So, like, we realized that, like, we we're actually not making money doing all of this stuff. And, like, I went back and I started saying, like, well, where are we spending our time, right? And we started figuring out, like, hey, standardization, it's a thing. Like, that was, was the beginning of the whole concept, mm. right? And, like, phone systems was one of those top five things where we were like, dude, everybody has something else. We're absolutely playing this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we have to constantly be showing up at people's front doors with whoever they bought their phone system from. And it was like burning time for no reason other yep. than, you know, they expect you to do something because they're paying you. And so I, we came to the point where we're like, why don't we just find a system that we like and then just go back to all of those customers and just give them a phone system? Yeah. And like all these people literally we saved absolutely, money. Absolutely yeah. thought we were crazy. That they're makes like, sense. They're like, literally. what's the shtick? Where's the yeah. string? And I'm like, <laughs> I just don't want you to keep doing this. And they're like, yeah. okay, we'll take your free phone system. <laughs> so it did work. And then like, but informally we realized that like, that wasn't the end of it, right? We're still rolling trucks, you know, to our cars, to these places. So we're like, let's centralize. And then, you know, basically the early, early concept of BVOIP came out, right? Cause we were like, how come there isn't something specific to the MSP IT mm -hmm. kind of avenue? And so fast forward many years, right? We're talking mid 2000s all the way to like, I don't know, 20, 13 and 14 we're like man there really isn't you know it's all square peg round hole like mm -hmm. they're all direct sales forces with this like bolt-on channel program the channel mm -hmm. program doesn't even get the same stuff as the direct sales force like it's not it's not it's not designed right to make it work yeah. So we're like, why don't we take an early Datto model, right? This was before, this was like Datto early days, right? Austin McCord and 25 people in an office in Connecticut before mm -hmm. they got money. And let's take this channel approach and let's apply it to this category because like one, the business model is completely wrong. And like two, where the hell is the integration here? Like everybody talks integration out their ears, yeah. 
But like, it seems like this was such a simple thing. It turned out not to be so simple to do. Yeah. And like, nobody did it. And like, let's fix it. Let's just go out there and do this. Yeah. And so we launched BVoip in like November of 2014. And we we're just like, let's solve these two problems. Let's fix the business model for the MSP in this category so that they can see that it actually can make them money rather than whatever. The 20% people throw you that you burn the second you answer a support call. Mm-hmm. And two, like, man, the integrations have so much potential. Let's build that out. And uh, yeah, that's been a fun project. And, you know, so fast forward to today, like 2023, um, a couple thousand partners, completely bootstrapped. Damn. Never took a dollar of outside money. A couple thousand partners? Yeah, we we do not sell direct. There are no doctors and lawyers and municipalities and warehouses and schools like they're in there, but they're part, they're customers of our partners. Dang. So, you know, a lot of MSPs come to us because we've built the integration to the mm-hmm. tools that they use to run their businesses. And that's yep. seven out of the 10 calls that we get, to be honest. And then the rest of it is, hey, when my customer raises their hand and says, what can you do for me? What can you, what do you got? And I said, you can absolutely resell this to your customer and like own the relationship and like, not be locked into a, a, a disjointed deal where like there's a term that doesn't co you know mm, you know yeah. you know align to your stuff and like mm. you do realize your end customer is going to call you no matter what this concept that they can call 1-800 pick your VoIP company is bogus yeah. like if it's if you recommended something and is broken and they call and they get not a good experience probably a lot of the time who's the next call is you yeah you're yeah. never going to like your time is already going to usurp whatever you're getting back on that. And so like that's where the business model breaks down. And so like if you're going to spend the time and you're going to own it, you should make money doing it. Yeah, for sure. So like Great that's point. the kind of like a bridge story of like George getting into IT MSP land and then starting Devoid. And then um, on the, te- you know, more recently, right, MSP initiative popped out right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um. We were always doing cool things, right? This kind of gets into this, you know, like guerrilla marketing, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But during, then during the pandemic, nothing was going on. Everybody's locked down, like whatever. You all know the story. And so me and Ken Patterson, who's at Pax8 at the time, and I was like, we're joking on like one of these community calls. And he's like, I'll just get an RV and we'll just try. And we'll pick, I'll pick this guy up on the way. And I was like, Okay, and then the RV turned into like a, a tour bus, and then the tour bus nice. turned into us, rec- you know, calling up MSP saying, "Hey, I don't think you're using your parking lot. Do you mind if we do something in your parking lot?" Uh-huh. Like, you know, like a couple hundred thousand miles later, I feel like yeah. <laughs> we did three years of driving around America, one city a day, you know, weeks at a time, and um, you know, rolled that through the pandemic until it shut down, and then. Like, I guess our claim to fame, you know, around some of these events that we were talking about earlier was, um, man, we call them the community block parties, right? You know, around some of the larger events, we like get a bunch of the vendors together, right? We crowdsource this a little bit. We do something really cool, right? Like down in Orlando last year during IT Nation, we brought in the All-American Rejects. We had a private concert for the, you know, the community, you know, with like a block party, all you can drink kind of thing. But during a hurricane force winds apparently yeah. so uh it still pulled it off it was pretty cool but uh, we do a bunch of these i think this year we had like six on the schedule nice and uh we love creating really good experiences people remember having a good time they yeah. don't remember the pop-up banner walking down some hallway at some event like 
Yeah. God, the table and two chairs is like honestly, well, maybe one the maybe the worst ROI in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can quantify it, I promise. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Uh, a bunch of MSP camp members have been wanting to get together at IT Nation. So maybe I'll just have us all sign up for block party and we can just like hang out there oh, yeah. and get to know plenty, each other and stuff. Plenty of space. Like cool. we do so this will be at Icon Park. Um, you know, which is like that. It's this as you're driving down International Drive, it's like the big Ferris wheel. You can't miss it. So mm-hmm. we rent out a whole kind of th- multiple venues for Icon Park. And then there's like this inner drive that goes through the entire thing. And we close that down in order to have hopefully an outdoor thing. And if there's inclement weather, we have enough space for everybody indoors too through these, you know, multiple venues. But yeah, it's really, it's really cool. And yeah. like the idea is that, and, and I'm borrowing this from Ken so you can, you know, send him a, a thank you, I guess. But the best part of any event you've ever been to isn't the breakout session or the keynote or the trade show floor. Mm. It's the bar. Yeah. The hallway, the curb, right? Like that's the real conversations, not yeah, the sure. manufactured PowerPoint that you never remember, right? So it's yeah. like that's where I learned a lot of stuff. I want to hear from people that actually did it. I don't want somebody to sell me on something. I want somebody to tell me what they did that worked. Yep. That's where I wish I would have, you know, come into that world earlier and be able to hear people that figured things out that I didn't and just mm. learn what needed to be done rather than having to fail all right try again fail try again yeah that's kind of what makes this community special yep yeah that's awesome man i'm looking forward to to going i know i've met you in person in the past but actually be able to maybe get to know you now that we're friends a little bit um yeah that'd be awesome and i love the the bvoip story because it's like solving your own problem like because when i think of msp camp like i was an msp and i was like content is so difficult like i know how to market i know all the things but like getting the content from the agencies was like, this is the worst shit I've ever seen where it's like happy tell a joke day. I'm like, that's the opposite of interesting. Like not only is that not going to help your engagement, it's going to drop the engagement. And like every time I let the agency or someone else manage our content, social media, website, whatever, everything started going down. I was like, literally these people are making things worse. So it was like, I had to solve my own problem. But content took a long time, so I built out that team, and it's like everything's been on the up and up ever since that's happened. And so it's like solving your own problem. It's it's you know your target market, like you knew your target market it makes marketing so easy. Like the ads well, I'm running, I think the reason they're successful is because I'm like I'm marketing to myself. Like it's, you know, it's so much easier when you know who you're marketing to. So I've by the way, I've seen your ads; they're actually pretty good. I'll give you oh, that. Oh, thank you. So Appreciate there you it. go. Um, <laughs> so if that makes you feel better please do. Um, <laughs> some of the best companies that have come out in the sandbox over the years did come from that side, right? We yeah. always see the enterprise companies come downstream and like, they're like, where did you come up with this program? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. even make sense. Like, yep, exactly. why did you structure it this way? Well, we thought, and I'm like, you thought wrong. You didn't talk yeah. to anyone clearly. Yeah. Um, and you've seen a bunch of companies come into the sandbox for like a month, a year. And then they mm-hmm. disappear, right? Like yeah. it's like they think it's a quick win, but it's really not. It's a nope. long game. Yeah. Um, but the best companies, in my opinion, the ones that have been super successful, did come out of MSPs who are like, mm-hmm. hey, I will gladly swipe my card if somebody solved this problem, but I haven't found it. Yeah. And like this problem needs to be solved. Yep. We we're willing to go out on a limb and, and build that solution. Yeah. But like to your point, like 
you don't need to do a ton of research to know what needs to be fixed. You're in it. You're living it. Yep. So yep. I think that's the exciting part of people who are willing to start new things. And like, I think we're starting to see a lot of newcomers into the space because of that. Ones that aren't venture backed, ones mm-hmm. that aren't owned by one of the big companies out there. And we all know who they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's room. There's definitely yeah. a, a lot of room for, you know, new stuff like this to come up yeah. and like hit it right on the head, crush yeah. it, you know, instead of having to like, oh, that didn't work. Let's pivot, 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 pivot. Finally, they find their way. Right. And like, yeah. I think the market like the global market, and I'm not a financial analyst by any means, but like you really need to have something that's close to working or working by the time you go out and put your, you know, like even what you're doing now, your dollars into it. Mm-hmm. We've seen recently companies come in who had money, but maybe their idea wasn't totally polished. And then yeah. all of a sudden their money's gone. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's nothing left, right? Yeah. Like they, yeah. they, they did it the, opposite way so mm. i think you know like i said i think i like i like this i like people who went out to solve their own problem yeah and i and like you said like it's it takes time like everything takes time like you you know people want like especially venture backed or whatever they want to come in they want to spend all the money and they want to have all this revenue but it's like no matter how you skin it like whether it's time in developing the product or in time in marketing over time, like everything's going to take time to really like grow. Like an example is the podcast. We started the podcast. I didn't know if anyone was going to listen to it, but I knew like I've been doing this for long enough that I was like, okay, I feel like I can provide some value to MSPs that like need help with marketing. So we started and for months. There was just like crickets and I could have stopped doing it. Like I could have been discouraged. Like if I didn't know how marketing worked, I could have been really discouraged, be like, this isn't going to work. But then it was like month four, we started getting, you know, some traction. And like that little bit of traction keeps you like, okay, this is a thing. Yeah, like, okay, wait a minute. And then like fast forward today, we're only like, you know, we're about a year into the podcast. And it's like, okay, cool. Now we have like 600 weekly active listeners who are like emailing me and messaging me and like, you know, it's, it's awesome. And like, same with MSP camp. When we first started, it was a really slow, like just slow grind. Not a lot of people joining. And I was like, man, does this suck? You know, I'm like, does this suck? And then like this month we've added 65 members and that's like a third of our total membership. I was like, whoa, you know, cause it just, it, but it, that took like nine months before really a flywheel started to happen. So, and you, you know, on our last call, you were talking about a marathon, not a sprint. How and you do things like the video, whether you, you don't know if it's going to pay off or not, but you're going to do it anyway. Sometimes we do things. They don't immediately have an ROI where we get money from the exact activity that we do, but we got to keep doing the things anyway. So mm-hmm. that's definitely true in the MSP space. So like what advice do you have for MSPs that start marketing and then bail or like they're like it doesn't work or it takes too long? I mean, someone that understands marketing like yourself, like what, what advice do you have on that long term approach? Okay, ready? Or really any advice. Yeah, go ahead. Consistency. Yeah. That is the kryptonite to this conversation. Mm-hmm. If you stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, you will never get the cumulative effect that's designed to work at the end of this rainbow. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep at it. Even if, yeah. to your point, even if you don't think it's working, you're wasting your time. I'm not saying don't measure, definitely measure, but yeah. you can't decide something in 90 days. Yeah. Maybe even six months is too soon. 
you need to consistently chip away, chip away, chip away. And maybe I would say the minimum amount of time I would do something is a year. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, you have a good idea of whether you think that there's a ramp some, to somewhere, right? Yeah. So that's number one. Don't do anything halfway. Like, yeah. be consistent about it. I can't stress that enough. Number two, turn on the camera on your phone and start recording. Yeah, for sure. I know yeah. that that makes some people uncomfortable. And maybe you're like, I don't even know what to talk about. Yes, you already know what you need to talk about. You do it every single day with every customer you're on the phone with and every meeting that you're on. Like you absolutely have the content that you don't think you have in just the everyday ebb and flow that you're doing. You're just never recording it. Yep. Even if you get on a web meeting and you start recording yourself as you're on the web meeting, just to start, right? Just to get into the groove. Mm -hmm. You need to personalize your content. And, yep. you know, Gary V, I've seen him a few times. I don't know if you know the name, go Google him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Gary V. Love him, right? If you're, He said, if you're a company under $25 million in revenue, you can have the best logo, brand, company name in the world. The brand is you. Yeah. It's the person. It's the people. Yep. So are you, are you out there? Are you, the, are you the face of your company? Are you, are you putting your, yourself out there? Because... CorporateIT.com ain't going to cut it. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, every single person in your company can become that content creator too. Yep. Encourage them to. Encourage them to bleed out onto their social accounts and start to deliver the message under their voice mm-hmm. and put them behind the camera. And like, don't be afraid that, hey, someday they could not be in your company anymore. It's okay. Like, that's just the ebb and flow. But like, if you have enough people putting the, the content out into the wild, it does come back to you as a boomerang. It may not be right away, back to consistency. Yep. But honestly, from that aspect, that's the best, cheapest, easiest thing you can do. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think a lot of people for some reason think that like IT people aren't interesting or there's not anything good to talk about or so much stuff to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. much stuff. Let me, I got a good one for you. Ready? It's a story about a guy that called tech support in my company and said, Hey, the uh, cup holder broke. And we're like, what? What, what do you mean? Cup holders? Like, oh, the thing. And yeah, it comes out of the front of the computer and you're like, DVD drive. <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't know. I put my coffee cup on it. I'm like, perfect. Content. That is not a coffee cup holder, pal. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you deserve to be in front of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah or, or, or the person that calls in every single day. And changes their password, has to yeah. reset their password. I'm like, did you write it down? Like, you shouldn't be calling us every day to reset your password. I don't remember. Oh, boy. Yeah. Somebody like, again, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's that kind of stuff, but there's also good stuff, right? Yeah. You know, people learn from other people. And so there's so much good stuff that, you know, you can put out there without attaching names to it, but it's still lessons, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I totally agree. Like I listened to the episode that you had with Terry from Marketopia and I'd never really heard Terry before, but he was really speaking to me in that message. I think because he's a marketer, too. And mm-hmm. he was like, look, like there is this catch 22 where MSPs don't even really understand the true value of a new customer. Mm-hmm. Like they want to spend 500 bucks a month on marketing or they want to have a marketing agency that they pay $2,000 a month with, they're actually more okay with getting no results for $2,000 a month 
mm-hmm. than really investing in marketing and getting more results. It's kind of wild because when I add a new client on, for sure they're going to be with me for five years. You know, average lifetime value is closer to like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you look at how how much value that is, we should easily. And I think he quoted some insane number like twenty thousand dollars or something. Now I don't know if I want to spend that much, but I like the thought. It's like you got to go to the extreme to get someone's attention. Like you could spend a lot of money on a new client. You really can. But as MSPs, we're scared because, you know, we tried for three months and the ads stopped working. So we killed it. We tried telemarketing for a couple months and and, and it didn't work. So we killed it. It's like, yeah, it's going to take a while because when it pays off, it pays off big. Like it took me like 12 months to get a solid ROI this year on social media. But last quarter, we added 10,000 MRR on social media. I'm like, cool. So that person that I had managing my social media for me, she, she's just paid for herself four times over because it was part-time. You know, I'm good. I'm good. Now I can keep going. Everything's ROI after that, but it takes time. Like it takes time. And as you said, consistency. So that's, you know, that is something I love that he said that. And he also said like, if someone's, if someone's in a contract being able to, or being willing to like say, Hey, we'll go and onboard you now. And we'll start supporting you until the end of your contract, whether that's a month or two months or whatever. And it's like, that's something I would do because I'm a marketer. But if mm-hmm. I pitch that to the owner of the MSP at Alltech, he'd be like, well, I don't know about that. You know, I'm like, you know how much marketing is done. Like we went from tiny company to now big company from marketing. Like we should, of anybody, we should be like marketing on board and being willing to do that because we understand the value. But it is like this catch 22 in this space. So, so hopefully you listen. I think, yeah, you know, to, to your point. And to Terry's point, um, this perception of value is distorted. Mm-hmm. That is the first thing that's very clearly broken, the understanding of what does it take to get a customer? And then once that customer's there, the valuation of that, you know, and the longevity, which ties in the valuation of that particular customer. Mm-hmm. And so the concept that, you know, where I may have disagreed with Terry a little bit was, hey, if you already you know, anybody who needs an MSP already has an MSP, you know, like you're going to have to take it away from somebody else. And I'm like, okay, sometimes. Yeah. But like, I disagree that that's the case. There's a lot of business out there that have never worked with an MSP. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things he did bring up on that call was like, if you're only shooting for like greater than 50 employees and above, I was mm-hmm. like, you're within like one or 2% of the total possible companies that are even available to support. Mm-hmm. like in the United States of America. And it's like, that's a, you know, like some staggering number, right? You know, yeah. when you look at the employee size, you know, of a, of a, of a business in America. Yeah. So um, I remember posting that chart and people were like, where did you get this from? And it was like the national, it was like a government agency, right? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, his point was, well, why don't you change? Like, why don't you, what's the lo- smallest size you're willing to accommodate? Mm-hmm. Because the smaller you're willing to go, the the higher the number of companies out there are. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point for sure. Especially for smaller MSPs, like I even I even say like, look, uh, it's okay if you offer a monitoring agreement, like a a break fix type quasi, like, hey, you got your security stack in, your antivirus, your MDR, your firewall, your backup, so they're secure. They got the tools they need, and then sure, do a block of time at one hundred fifty bucks an hour. You're still profitable because every time they call in, you're making money, right? And yeah. they don't mind, you don't mind. So I'm like, if you're small, do those stuff. You can do that stuff. You don't want to. Yeah start with that but you don't want to lose the prospect because you know they want to start with an entry-level package so yeah and i and i agree like 
you know, we are at the point where we are like, you know, we really want to go like 20 employees up and we're okay with only onboarding, you know, one a month, right? That's okay. Yeah. Whereas in the past it was like, no, we need like multiple, you know, multiple clients because it was more volume when you're growing. But yeah, I agree with that too. It's really interesting. So like, I think for the listeners, what, what I would say on the marketing budget thing, and I already know you do this well, because look at MSP initiative. It's like, as you're growing, especially when it comes to marketing, every time you get a new client in from marketing, allocate a piece of that budget to more marketing. If you start doing that early, like if we would have been doing that since the beginning, my marketing budget would be like infinite right now. But we didn't. We never had like a number, you know. And so now I'm still, even at like coming up on five million, all from organic. Like I'm still like, hey, I want to do this this big thing, and I I still get pushed off. But man, there should have just been like a budget conversation early to be like, no, this is this is the number, and it's going to go up as we go up. So that is one piece of advice I would give to MSPs: is as it works, make it work more. Like the face, you know, like the advertising we're doing, like it's working for MSP camp. I'm willing to spend like way more than how much a member pays me because the lifetime value of MSP camp members is really high. So I keep going up on the budget. We're spending more in ads on a tiny little MSP camp company than we are for a multi-million dollar MSP because I see it and I have control of it. This is mine. So I'm like, hey, I'm the marketing guy. I know how this works. Like I'm going to keep blowing that shit up because I, it's, it's the, the numbers are working for me, you know? Back, back to, back to consistency, right? Like, yeah. you know, they, they you know, the, some cliche stuff here, but you're constantly looking for people so that when you do need to fill a position, like there's a constant flow yeah. of conversations. You're not having to put the job ad out, you know, in, in a flurry just to see if you can find someone mm-hmm. or, Hey, you know, like, uh, you know, you consistently start going back and MSPs do this all the time, right? Maybe they're not a hundred percent where they need to be. So as they go back and start dealing with their customers during projects or onsite visits or cleaning a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And like, you're, you're like the whole, Hey, if I don't invest in tomorrow, mm-hmm. now, by the time I get to tomorrow, what's there? I got to start from scratch all over again. Mm-hmm. This is the same concept back to marketing, right? Like you can't just put out an ad and expect it to work overnight. You can't mm-hmm. just send something in the mail and expect it to work overnight. Like mm-hmm. at PAX 8 Beyond earlier this year in Denver, Jay McBain was up there uh, from Canalis and he, he you know, Remember back in the day, and again, not a formal marketing trained person here, but I heard, hey, you need eight touch points. Mm -hmm. That's when I first heard it, it was eight. Then it turned into 16. Then it turned into 20. Yeah. You know, his, you know, so a month ago, he put up on the screen 28. Yeah. 28 marketing touch points. That could be in person, that could be an ad, that could be whatever. Mm-hmm. 28 touch points before somebody will engage. Yep. That's I believe that. Touch points. I totally believe that for sure. So, so this is actually a perfect transition for that then. So your, when it comes to your strategy, when it comes to like inbound versus outbound, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you manage those two? And like, maybe what are some of the things you do for each, both the inbound side of things and the outbound side of things? Do you have specific tactics you like? more than others just like security it's layered yeah there's no silver bullet here right and inbound marketing does work yeah you know like i you know i was pitched inbound marketing when somebody's trying to sell me hubspot but uh way back in the day uh but it does work if you create enough content 
that when people go out to do their research and do their homework and Google and all the other things that they do, mm. they stumble into your content and that turns somebody into your front door that you never engaged with before. It works. Yeah. But it takes a serious investment in content creation and consistency yeah. because yeah. it may take a year and a half for that piece of content to bubble up into somebody's feed. Yeah. Or 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 for that term to hit or for that particular, you know, string of things they're searching for to to connect. So it does work and if you make the investment out, it'll pay dividends for you for a long long time. Now as for far sure. as outbounds concerned, anybody can spend money on either of these categories. I would say outbound marketing is the most expensive way of marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay? It is hard dollars. Uh it is sometimes a, a, an amount that is staggering. Um, I would, you know, in our, in our little call we had, you know, way back when, right? Like the amount that people charge yeah. for not even a 10 by 10, not even a six by six. How about a three by three kiosk Gosh. is absolutely, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. You go yeah. start buying cars, cash. <laughs> um, it takes a little, like, and, and you know, the, the event planners out there will fight me to the death, I think. And I'm happy to take them up on that, but the trade show floor at every event they've ever been to, I don't know, less than half the people even walk onto the floor. Mm -hmm. So that's not true. I'm like, it's absolutely true. I was like, and do you think if you have a hundred plus vendors on the floor, they're even going to make one pass through that? No way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. So like all of a sudden, especially in the bigger events, like the value is lost. Like mm -hmm. there, where do you get your, your ROI on that? This is where you got to get creative. I don't mind doing outbound. I don't not, I don't mind being in a lot of places. But for how much? And what mm -hmm. can I do to create that one touch point out of the 28? Because mm -hmm. if 50 people out of 3,000 show up at my kiosk, it doesn't really work out too much. I can do the math on that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's $40,000 for your 3 by 3 kiosk and you talk to 50 people, man, your yeah. $44 per, 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 per transaction <laughs> sounds a lot better. Uh, yeah. than what we're talking about here. So like bottom line on outbound marketing, uh, especially in this sandbox, but like as MSPs, right? Localize it to yourselves, right? Yeah. What are the events that are happening in your market? They're, yep. Yeah, they're still the old school chamber of commerce and they do a bunch of stuff. I'm not saying there's no value there. There is. Think about the business openings, the card exchanges, the networking, the happy hours, the, you know, the associations, right? Yep. Like there's a lot of things that are happening in a drivable distance from you. And like, yep. if you start showing up consistently in these areas, then you'll, you know, you start that 28 touch point, you know, journey, right? And yep. then all of a sudden over time, people start to remember you as the go-to. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that starts helping you. And then you intermix that with the inbound marketing, right? Cause you said, you didn't know me, you didn't know b yep. but now you see us everywhere. It's yep. kind of like when you bought a car and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, there's yep. that car. And exactly. you know, like it happens yep. to everyone. Yep. Like it all hits in a yep. circle, right? So I'm no professor of marketing here by any means, but here's what I can tell you. You can bring your, 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 your price point down and your, you can get your visibility up by not expecting something off of a line card to work. Yep. Expect it not to work. I don't want to, you know, backdoor somebody's event. I'm willing to invest a little bit in whatever you're doing, but I also want to do something that's not just standing by a chair. Okay. So like mm -hmm. maybe you, and, and here's a couple of ideas that are, you know, kind of out of left field. 
look in your area when somebody's doing like a ribbon cutting, cutting mm -hmm. or an, a location opening or something like that. Call up whoever's doing that and say, hey, I want to run a little networking event or happy hour or something attached to your ribbon cutting, right? Next door, right? And then that way you start this, you know, I use the bar rescue butt funnel, right? Yeah. Where you're forcing people to interact. And by the way, there's 28 touch points. The in-person touch points are weighted more. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So like start to think about how to do a collaborative thing, right? Cut through the some of the formality and create those like, hey, you had a really good conversation at the bar. You had a really good conversation at the mixer. You had a really good conversation at some collaborative event that you, you know, wrapped a couple of businesses around. And this effectively is the same concept. I call it crowdsourcing, you know, you know, within the sandbox that we do mm -hmm. on the vendor side of, of the house yep. at some of these things. So, yeah. you know, inbound versus outbound. I mean, you got to invest in both. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, like it, you need to not be afraid to be in front of people if you're going to do the outbound. Yeah. If you're going to do the inbound, you got to not be afraid of being in front of a camera. Yeah. If you're on the outbound, you better be willing to have a good conversation with somebody that you don't know. That's that's the that's the snippet right there. It's like be if you're inbound, be really comfortable with ideation and being in front of the camera with outbound, be comfortable with rejection and pissing some people off every now and then and screw it because the goal is. What does MSP do? We secure people. We make their business better. So I don't care if someone's mad at me for trying to help. That has always been my mindset when it comes to outbound stuff. Um, you know, I was talking to Tim, I think it's Tim McNeil over like sales maturity or whatever. And they do like what I do, but on the sales side, specifically mm -hmm. teaching people like telemarketing and stuff. And he said that those that are doing inbound and that have consistent content going out, like if they have a marketing foundation, you know, most of the inbound stuff, they're three times more likely I remember, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was like three times or something close to that, more likely to get leads from the outbound stuff. Because it's well, because, yeah. because back to the 28 touch points. Yeah, exactly. If somebody saw you somewhere digitally, online, through their searching, whatever, yep. and then all of a sudden they drive by something in person, like, wait a minute. It's like your brain already did this association and yep. they're like, let me go. Something's familiar here. And then all of a sudden it re-triggers what they remembered. Now there's somebody in front of them. There's a human being, not a logo. And then all of a sudden the conversation is not a cold conversation. Yep. It's a warm conversation. It's really not that complex. It's not. But people always want a specific ROI on the things they do. I'm like, sometimes it's not going to work that way. Here's an example. Every time we turn on advertising for Alltech, we get more referrals from clients and friends and family. It's like, yeah, maybe. Maybe that was coincidence. But literally every time there's a ramp up. So it's like there's that association that not only happens from cold, but also the people you work with and know you outside of just dealing with help desk. You are you are literally educating them on what you're doing every day because they're seeing your ads, right? Like right now with MSP Camp, well, for all tech, we rank like if someone wants to know the difference between business premium and business standard for Microsoft 365, number one blog in the world is all tech. And we've gotten so many co-managed leads from that because who's searching that? Usually people that have some familiarity, right? So great co-managed. That was from one blog. It cost me nothing to write. And with MSP Camp, if someone types in MSP sales presentation, I think we're like one, right? And so so people go to that and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to close a bunch of deals on this one blog. They're trying to learn something specific. I answer the best I can. But now when they leave, they're seeing my ads all over the place. 
They're Googling MSP on their Spotify. They see this random podcast. They get on Tech Tribe. They see we donated some 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 card that they like, and they think it's really impressive. You know, all of a sudden they're they're getting something else from us. You know, it's like that that whole thing. And when I ask them how they heard about us, they they say one of them. They say you just say one thing. Maybe it was the last thing, right? And it's like that's what people need to get is like marketing is really doing as much as you can in the same direction. And then understanding it's going to be hard to always have a direct attribution to every single thing that you do. Like No, and, and like, by the way, sometimes it was, they saw you here, they saw you here, they saw you here, and then finally they, you know, like, yes. it's a domino, you know, that ultimately leads to, and then do you kind of give, do you go back and like partial your credit then? You know, like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit hard, right? But like, mm. for me, right, if I said, hey, if I do some very basic tracking and say, hey, I saw uh, Joe at this thing and then he came to my website and clicked on this thing. And then, you know, like I sent an outbound email on this thing and then I saw him at another event and then ultimately finally had the conversation at that event. Yep. It's back. It's go, It's back to the how many touch points does it take for yep. them to actually engage in a conversation? And by the yep. way, a conversation doesn't guarantee you anything. You hope that that turns into your 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 you know transaction at the end. Let's call mm -hmm. it. But like sometimes it does. Like I've had people in this industry and in, you know MSP land say, "Yeah, we've seen you for years. Yeah. We're now finally talking to you for the first time after yep. seven time. years or six All years." Or yeah. I was like, "What took so long?" They're like, "Well, you know, there wasn't an, an exact need at the time. One and then two, I don't wanted to see if you were going to make it." And yeah. stick around or, you know what I mean? Like, or like, yeah. and we started seeing other people and it was working and then you were in more places. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like right yeah. time, right place. But is it the whole point of marketing? And I'm going back to the cliche, like when there is a need, yep. they remember you. Yep. Yeah. If, if I was starting like today and I was like, okay, what am, what am I going to do? I would literally just get a hundred Google reviews. So I got some nice local inbound SEO. I would set up my Google and Facebook remarketing so that every time someone gets on the website, they're getting all of my ads and I'd have at least 10 ads in there. So there's lots of variation. It's not the same shit, which everyone does. You log in, even if you get a remarketing ad, it's the same thing every single time. Whereas like you got to have 10 in there. So now you're getting all these different touch points. Get that list of a thousand businesses in your city. Literally, I would just focus on my city first. That's it. Send them that direct mail piece every single month. Make sure that, you know, they're probably already got your remarketing cooking, but the direct mail piece, what's it doing? It's sending to a landing page on the website. So they you make sure they get that cookie. And then you're calling that person to follow up on that direct mail every month. Like that's as simple as a beak. Marketing is way more complicated than that. But like if I had to just do a few things as a new MSP, like that for sure would equal success over time. Like I, I love, I love that flow. Uh, by the way, the hardest part of that whole thing is the phone call. Cause people are afraid yeah. to pick up the phone. I don't know yeah. why this isn't about me and being in the, yeah, you know, communication space. It's like literally just call people. I don't know why that's so hard. But I would I would also say alongside with that, start a podcast. Yeah. Start calling people and saying, Hey, I want to interview on my podcast. I want you to just yeah. talk about your what you do in the community yes. and how your business works. Yeah. And you will be shocked how quickly that will work for you. Dude, so spot on. We always did a new client spotlight when we first started. So every time we brought a new client on, we did the interview, we did a blog about it. And like those it was already a new client. It wasn't even a prospect. It was like just telling the community we got this new client. And like those are what like 
really got us known in the community because it's like, oh, they support Gulf Coast Avionics. Like they support the court, like they support, you know, it's like that social proof of that. So dude, that's so spot on. Yeah, like starting a podcast for business owners, just so you can kind of get with them, but also have a great conversation. People who love what they do will not stop talking about yeah. it. <laughs> just, put them, just put them on. What do you so, got to lose? An hour. Yeah, that's so spot on. Well, George, I know I've taken up a lot of your time today. Is there uh, any other nuggets or anything you want to know? Just anything you want to tell the MSPs about, you know, you, BVOIP or marketing or or anything at all as we wrap up? I mean, listen, I, I could do this probably for another couple hours because it's just so much, right? Yeah. But um, don't be afraid to talk to people. No, yeah, you know, like this castle mentality that still exists out there for some reason that like everybody's a competitor of you, like no flip that around there's enough business for everybody yep and why don't you learn from the other people in the trench the you know and, and understand what works and just start going directly to there rather than the hard way every time because i feel like there's this hard way every time mentality maybe it's a northeast state of mind but got to drop that yeah and quite frankly there's a larger community out there and i promise you People are willing to open up and have a conversation and tell you what's true. They're not just trying to make something up to sell you. You know, like they're in your business. They got nothing for you. Like you might end up creating a cool partnership. You might end up collaborating on things. You might end up someday merging, selling to other people. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, there is a strong community in this in this industry. I call it the sandbox. Mm -hmm. You may not even know it exists because you haven't. You know, you've been too busy doing your thing and like you don't like to leave your, you know, the work thing. Sometimes a day here or a couple of days there or just being willing to open up, you would be shocked. Yeah. How much good information's out there that quite frankly you need. Yeah. And you don't even know it. So my best advice to you is like spread out a little bit, get out of your comfort zone, be willing to have a conversation. Like everybody's a human being. And not everybody's gunning for your customers. I promise you, it is not that yeah. way. Almost ninety nine percent of the time, um, and learn and yeah. share. And I think yeah. that that you will see dividends in returns on that. And so, you know, we do events all the time. Some we're running, some we're attending. Like we're doing an event in Denver coming up here, fourteenth uh, uh, to fifteenth in um, uh, August. Cool. Totally educational event. We have MSPs coming in on panels to just talk to you about their experiences and like M&A. Maybe you're not in the room to sell or buy right now, but why don't you learn from people who just went through it? Yeah. So you know when it's your turn, you know what to look for or the human side of cybersecurity. Like, okay, there's frameworks and there's tools and there's all this stuff, but like what happens in the chair on both sides of the aisle? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, then we have a bunch of experts coming in, like people you would pay hundreds of dollars an hour for their, you know, you know, specialty, right? Yeah. Or literally doing workshops with people for free. Nice. This whole event's for free. And like right. literally you're downloading information from experts and all you got to do is take a day or two out of the office. So that's yeah. an example of, you know, if you go to mspcommunityminds.com, there's a landing page on it. Check it out. See all the people that are going to be there uh, speaking. This event's 100% free. You do got it to Denver if you want to check it out. But there's no $4.99 early bird special. Like, <laughs> it's literally just a learning event. I don't know how yeah. else to say that. These things exist out there. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. I can't wait till I get, like, a little bit more time. I'm going to come to all your things. But I just, like, I love what you're doing, man. I really do. I really appreciate the value you provide. 
it's just authentic, you know, because you seem and I from what I've heard of you, you're you're not someone that you speak your mind. So there's no there's no you know, there's no like hidden agenda. There's just like, yeah, this is this is who I am. And those are really the, you know, the people I appreciate. Um, that's great. Don't, man. This I is, wish everybody was that way, by the way. I don't know why. Everybody, yeah. I know people are guarded and you know shy and and like you know don't want to share it first and maybe they need a beer or two loosen up. But I don't like the snake oil thing. No. Like that, nobody likes that. And then when they find out that they've been hit by it, they're really angry about it. That exists out there, especially yeah. in this sandbox. Even I hate to say it, yeah. I don't do the snake oil thing. I'll just I'll, you know I'll call people out for it. It's not yeah. right. And then the other thing is like. I don't like things veiled in a sales pitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I want to learn about what you, you know, like what you do, I'm going to ask you, right? Yeah. Like, if I want to know more, I'm going to say, tell me more. Yeah. Um, but like, if you're going to help people just genuinely pay it forward, yep. I expect nothing back. You know, yep. like, if it if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But like, put some good energy back out there, guys. I know yeah. the world is a dark place. It can be. So like, let's try and do our little part. That's it. And like, yeah. everybody will be better for it. And that's why I think that there's a lot of people out there with that mindset. If you take that and like, I know you got families and you got to pay the bills and like, you're worried about the bank account and everything that comes along with that all valid, but but also do things on a more positive tip. And that's yeah. why I think that if everybody understands that that type of person exists and there's a lot of people out in the community that think that way. Mm-hmm. then you'll be more willing to like open that door. Right. Cause like we don't need to all spam you with like 8,000 LinkedIn messages and like I might yeah. call you, but I don't need to call you from the caller ID from down the street to make you think that I'm yeah. somebody that's, you know, like there's yeah. all these things that could just Ugh. like, it, let's just stop doing that and let's yeah. just be straight. And like, I think the rest of it comes. Yeah. It's crazy that authenticity is actually like a differentiator. Like authentic, authentic content. Like when I write a lot of content from SP camp, there is no, almost every time you read a blog, it's a bunch of stuff that's not specific. And then at the end, it's like two paragraphs of why you need to work with the MSP. Like a lot of the content on MSP camp, it's truly value first because that's how I've always done it at the MSP. It's like, Hey, this is, this is the answer to your question really specifically. And then like, here's our contact information at the bottom. It's not even like we're the only people that could do it. It's like, hey, your IT provider can probably help you with this and this and this and this. You know, like and if we can help so, you, then feel free to reach out. Yeah, right? like it's it's so true. You it's know like what? Just, Fake doesn't work well. Yeah, it might totally work for agree. a minute, but once everybody gets the shtick, game over. Yeah, and like the second you start, you know, feeling that, you just exit stage left right yeah so like my best advice to people again and i really love you know your point you don't need to over sensationalize or over polish this whole thing mm-hmm. i call it quite frankly watch. you should do the opposite you're yeah. not dell you're not microsoft yeah. right yeah. like you're you yep. so market you yeah the minute it's corporate washed it is forgettable 100 like percent like corporate wash and marketing speak. Those are the two things that kill everybody's marketing and sales. Cause it's like, everyone knows marketing speak. Everybody knows the corporate wash shit. Like I was watching, like I was on the phone with my son and we went and a stock photo came up cause it was an ad. He looked away. He's a child. He's a little child. And he knows what this shit is. Like, it's just crazy that that's what people want to be the default. But anyway, all right, I'm taking up way too much of your time. One thing I did have to ask though, 
What do you think about every single book person's book on the planet being the number one bestseller? Uh, um, listen, I love people who write books, especially if it's on a topic that absolutely no. I want to know about. Cause like, that's the direct, you know, go to the direct source. I actually almost like to bypass the book and just go talk to the person who wrote it and like oh, download cool. from their brain in real time. Cause like, yeah. I'm a I'm a people guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's back to the fake marketing, man. Like I, so many names that come to the top of my head right now that I could fire off, but I just don't want to create a problem for no, the reason. I agree. I agree. But like. I but like, it, if you wrote it, something cool, you just hey, I wrote this book on this. Awesome. I think yeah, if you really yeah. want to know about it, here you go. Yeah. If it becomes a bestseller, let it speak for itself. Yeah, it is kind of funny. At one hundred percent of authors' books are number one bestseller. I'm like, we get it. Like you know, you post it at the time and you get ten people to buy it, and it's like for ten seconds. So, okay, we get it, we get it. But you know what? That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> It's just kind of uh, funny. I'm not. I'm not being. I'm just joking. Like I think it's cool. And, and, there's, and there's, a, there's a lot it's, of bad marketing <laughs> practices and programs in the sandbox um, from like the '90s. I, I don't know, like the yeah. like mid '90s for some reason, like the infomercial stuff, and like <laughs> like people don't buy that way in 2023. Yeah, agreed. They just don't. I like. Yeah. I'm not saying you're going to go on social media and all of a sudden start selling things, you know, instantly. But if people like what you're saying and you're putting out good stuff, they will come and seek you out. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how else to say that, which is why I can't stress enough. Put your computer screen down. Take out your cell phone that has actually yep. a pretty decent camera on it nowadays. Oh, amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Start recording. Yep. And it'll get better. I promise. Love it. George, really appreciate you jumping on, man. This has been great per usual. Really appreciate everything you're doing in the channel. Um, for everybody listening, George is awesome. Check out Bvoip if if you need a you know a channel specific um, VoIP provider. Um, MSP Initiative. I'm definitely going to get way more involved because it just sounds fun. Um, George, anything else before we wrap this thing up? Can't wait to, to uh, run into you on the road, man. I know it yeah. might be a minute, but uh, definitely check you uh, check out the block party at at uh, at IT Nation in Orlando, and like let me oh. know where like let me know so like we can plan to catch up there because um, cool. yeah, then I'll I'll show you a little George magic too while we're there. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All you got right, it, man. guys. Thanks for listening and thanks for having me on. And uh, for everybody else out there, just start and be just consistent. Start. And I promise those two things, yep. you literally will be surprised what comes back. That's it. Yep. Love it. All right, George, thank you so much. And to the listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to listen again. And we will see you on the next one.